This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, fashion is an essential part of who we are. It's how we define ourselves. But when we buy our clothes, have we ever really asked the question? Who makes my clothing? You might think that you're grabbing a bargain, but at what cost? The fashion industry is the second most polluting in the world, with garment workers suffering some of the poorest conditions and wages, all in a quest to keep profits up and costs down. Today, you're going to be meeting a woman who is leading a fashion revolution for more ethical, sustainable fashion in the Middle East and worldwide. Aisha Sadiqa is the founder and creative director for Future Fashion, a pioneering ethical fashion platform here in the Middle East, which provides a voice and a channel for high-end ethically produced fashion brands that do not compromise on quality and style. We're going to be getting her take on this global problem and what can we do- can be done about it. That's all coming up here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We love fashion. It is glamorous, it's addictive, but it's also an industry that has never moved faster with global high street fashion brands having not two seasons a year, but 52, releasing new styles every week at cheaper and cheaper prices in an effort to seduce us, the customer, into an endless cycle of consumption. But with the global fashion industry now worth more than $2.4 trillion, profits are soaring, all while garment workers and textile producers are seeing cost cuts that have forced them into continually worsening positions. The environmental impact is so monumental that our planet is drowning in clothing and the chemicals needed to produce it. Aisha Sadiqa is part of a global movement demanding ethical and sustainable fashion and she is joining us here live in the studio. Welcome. Thank you very much. Assalamu alaikum. Thanks wa- Sally for wa- having alaykum me. Wa alaikum So good to have you Aisha. Um, as we uh, know, uh, some of us know at least, um, this is a global problem of proportions we cannot even begin to understand. That's true. That's true. I mean when you put it in numbers and, and figures it it's it's astonishing. It's astonishing that the the fashion industry falls into the second or the third. Um, when you said second, I think now it is the third. They've got agriculture in second, but um, but it is it's amazing. It's amazing what what the fashion industry could do to damage the world. I mean, who would think that this was this was going to happen? I mean, a lot of people I've spoken to, they go, "Are you sure? Are you really fashion? Yeah. I mean, how yeah, come? Yeah. It's how surprising. Come? It is surprising, and you just think to yourself." Um, why is this such a problem? Um, so take us through what does the fashion industry look like? Why is this a problem? Well, again, like, um, okay, for example, a, a person going into a store buying a T-shirt. Would you, you wouldn't think where it came from, how it was transported here, what went behind making this T-shirt. Uh, you would just look at the price, the T-shirt looks nice, you go ahead and buy it. And then because it's five dirhams or five dollars or whatever, it's easy to throw them away. 
because you don't think about the cost. Yeah. Yeah. And you go, oh, it's just five dirhams. It's okay. I'll buy a few. I'll, I'll buy a few. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's all right. I'm, I can just chuck it. Or, yeah. It's disposable. It's disposable, exactly. It's almost like, you know, single use. We talk about single use plastic. Exactly. We're getting to the point where fashion is just single use now. Absolutely right. You're you're right on point there. So everyone, uh, and people don't relate that to the environment. Um, So everyone's talking about plastic. Everybody's talking about the oil and gas. Everybody's talking about construction. Where does fashion fall into it? If fashion is the third largest polluting, then come on, people. I mean... We have to wake up to this. I mean, climate change is coming faster than we thought. Mm. And people still deny it. They just do not want to accept the fact that this is happening. This is happening on so many different levels. Uh, let's take a listen to this. This is, in fact, um, the trailer for the documentary called The True Cost. That's correct. Um, and it just gives us a little bit of a taste of uh, all of the different facets that are really involved in this problem. We communicate who we are through clothing. It is fundamentally a part of what we wish to communicate about ourselves. We used to have a system, a fashion system. That has absolutely nothing to do with the fashion industry today. It has been reinvented. It's based on materialism. The problem is that comes at a really high price. factory collapsed, killing more than 1,000. Clashes between clothes factory workers and riot police in Cambodia. Last November, 112 people were killed in another major factory fire. 30,000 Chinese workers and women Garment workers in Bangladesh are paying the price for cheap clothing. The promise of globalization was that it was going to be a win-win, that consumers in the rich world would get cheaper goods and people in the poorer parts of the world would get jobs and that those jobs would give them an opportunity to work their way out of poverty. This enormous, rapacious industry that is generating so much profit, why is it that it is unable to support millions of its workers properly? The actual business model is completely unsustainable. Unless you change that model, you can't change anything. When everything is concentrated on making profits, what you see is that human rights, the environment, workers' rights get lost. My God, we can do better than this. Right there is uh, the documentary uh, trailer for the true cost. We don't think about the true cost, uh, Aisha, when we're buying our clothes. So uh, let's start from the whole idea that fashion is moving so fast. Um, it is demanding more and more profits at lesser and lesser cost. We don't bear those costs. The consumer is not bearing that cost. No. Who's bearing the cost? The workers. The, the people at the, at, the, at the beginning of the of the platform or towards the end, you can call it. They're the ones who are paying for it. Mm. Um, after like um, the accident that they were talking about, the, because of which the true cost was uh, was made in ba- after the Bangladesh accident. Remind us of that, because I'm I, as I was researching for this show, I can't believe it's been six years yes. since the Rana Plaza collapse of that building, killing more than a thousand people in one go. One building. That's correct. More than a thousand people lost their lives. Let alone those 
who had legs amputated, who lost limbs, who, you know, just a number, a number of things. It's astonishing. It is. So take us back. You know, a lot of our clothes are actually made in places like Bangladesh. Correct. Mm. Because of the low cost. Um, um, There are no, okay, so there are a lot of aspects to it. First of all, it could be the human rights. Then there is the government aspect. Then there's a brand itself. And then there are the suppliers. So there are a lot of hands that go through before that T-shirt, for example, gets to your hands. Um, so the Rana Plaza ex- accident, unfortunately, um, had a lot of unethical practices. Um, there were cracks in the building. That's right. There were cracks in the building. No one looked into it. And again, you see the supplier was pressurized by the brand to finish the, the production of clothes uh, in a particular time. So the partic- that factory... Um, added in extra workers um, and created an extra floor, un- which was illegal, um, to be able to finish the production and then boom. Because this is what's going on. You've got uh, fashion brands, particularly the high street brands. Okay. Um, they are using these factories. Yes. And so they're going out there and they're saying, you know, um, we need to sell for cheaper. That's right. And then they go to these factories, and and so these these factories then have to deliver the product for less. Correct. And therefore, then you've got the workers who are being paid less, and then but th- it doesn't end there. This is the problem because then there's competition on the other side yeah. saying, well, we need to compete with so and so brand. So they go to to this factory, another factory, and they say, can you make it cheaper? The only way you'll get our business is if you make it cheaper, and on and on it goes. Exactly. And this is what I call modern day slavery. It's it's unacceptable. I don't know how the brands even think of making a business out of out of I mean profits out of someone else's miserable life. Um, how could you even wear clothes on yourself, thinking knowing that someone else has paid for it with their blood or their sweat? I mean. Sorry, it just gets me very emotional. Mm. And it should. And it should. We need to be feeling this and we need to be understanding the depth of the problem because there are garment workers who say these clothes are being made with our blood. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, but then, you know, so how do we change this? How do we go beyond this? There are other aspects to this, which we will touch on as sure. well. Uh, well, like I said, um, fashion revolution um, that started off after this accident um, six years ago. So six years now, and we are almost 100 countries participating in this initiative um, and UAE is one of them that I'm a country coordinator of um, and every year we've done events around the uh, building awareness um, uh, we're not just talking about what happened of course everyone now by now probably knows what happened the issue and we're actually trying to talk about what can we do about it the solutions how can customers how can brands how can suppliers change this so everyone plays a role in it governments need to put in rules and regulations or taxes or incentives for people who do right mm. suppliers need to demand for a standard price and not bow down to all these brands and say okay fine we'll make it for a dollar for you workers need to stand up for their rights of course workers are the least ones who who could do stuff because then it affects their livelihood they have no voice they really, really don't actually yeah and they future fashion revolution actually try to is, is giving them a voice yeah so and the customer the customer, like Anna LaPay said, you are paying from your pocket for the world you want to see or you want to live in. It's all in your hands. If you do not buy or you do not give them the profit as a brand, they are not going to succeed. So you as a 
customer need to realize that and wake up and be mindful. Every time you go shopping, do you really need it? Or do you want it? What is it? Yeah, just because there's a sale. I mean, I keep selling this to all my even my friends and my relatives. Just because there's a sale doesn't mean you have to buy stuff. Yes. Is if it's really really needed, then yes, it makes sense. But don't buy it and yeah, stock it up. Yeah, there's a whole shift that needs to happen on so many different levels. We touched on the garment workers. We'll be talking about the environment as well, the environmental uh, factors next. Uh, because this is even something that, that we don't even really know the full extent of. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, and I'm going to be putting the question to you, Aisha, after this. There are a lot of people who say if we bo- boycott the brands, if we stop buying from them, then the garment workers will not be getting their money. So we're going to be talking about that okay. and so much more next <laughs> on Live Feeds on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We all want to look good. We all want to feel good in our clothes, but we need to be doing good. So that is Aisha Sadiqa's motto. Look good, feel good and do good. I love it. Uh, she is our guest in the studio today on Life Beats. We are talking sustainable fashion. What does it mean? Uh, is it just the fast fashion industry? Do designer brands have something to answer for as well? Um, w- we need to mention the environmental um, impact because I think, you know, yes, we've seen the garment workers on TV. They protest. They they try to, to do what they can. Um, but what we're not seeing is a lot of the time is what happens to the land when you're growing things like cotton, uh, when you are producing uh, the fabrics, the polyesters, the nylons that are made from petrochemicals um, and, and the way that they harm the environment, leather and the way it gets tanned. You know, there are so many different aspects there that we don't see. No, we don't. We don't because um, nothing is put out there. When you go buy a T-shirt, it's not going to say on the label, this is this is the impact it had. It's just going to say it's made out of whatever, made in wherever, and this is the price. And that's about it. Because that's all we want to know. Is it cotton? Exactly. Yeah. You know, is it is it a natural material? And we think, oh, it's a natural material. But actually, um, you know, there's all kinds of problems here because to, to get the yield of cotton yeah. for, for the, the speed that fashion moves at, um, it has to be sprayed and it's just constantly the pesticides, sprayed. Exactly. It's it's awful. That's that again leaches into the ground and people who are living in that in that region um, drink water that gets to your water, to your drinking water. And then there are so many incidents where people have had issues with their health, children born with disabilities and and issues um, with the farmers. And even um, forget even just that. It's also every farmer, every I think once a month or every week, if I'm not wrong, um, kills himself. Because kills himself because of the loan that he has to pay for, for the loan he's taken to to from GMO uh, companies to to you know um, spray the pesticides and stuff, and because he can't pay back in time because of the way that the speed that they want it in and how fast can the land produce? There is a time limit for everything to grow, and you know as as environment and it's yeah. I mean, I it's, it's so astonishing. Much, it's yeah. Really. It is. It's awful. It's awful. And then when you think about the fact that, okay, all of that aside, um, then we're actually, we're drowning in clothes. Yep. We're, we're, dr- we're literally, the planet is drowning in clothing because I, I often go into the, some stores and I think to myself, how on earth, who's going to buy all of this stuff? Where is this going to go? I really wonder that. Landfill. 
some of um, some of the brands, um, I'm not going to name any, but some of the brands, um, they don't even want to give it secondhand or give it to charity stores or give it to, you know, third world countries, uh, to the people who need them. They would actually shred them and then put them in landfill because the designs would be stolen and the, the style Whoa. would be stolen. So, yeah, so they have they have thrown away with probably if a T-shirt has or a shirt has lost a button, they would have thrown them away and shredded them later. Because they don't want someone else to copy. Or they don't want someone homeless, for example, walking on the street wearing their brand. Because they just they threw it or gave it to a charity store. So there's a brand image uh, concern there. Uh, which, yeah, there, there's so many other ways they, they could have dealt with it. Not this. Uh, yeah, so like I said, the five dollar t-shirts. Um, Every way you look at it, it's just, it's stunning. It is a stunning problem that I just, I cannot believe. It is, it is. And people need to... People need to see such initiatives. People need to be involved in such initiatives, watch such movies, documentaries, um, and then choose. Again, it's up to you. It's the customer. A lot of people say, if we're not going to buy these clothes and those workers in Bangladesh or wherever they are, they won't get paid. That's correct. Because we're boycotting the brands that they are working for. That's correct. And we do not want anyone to boycott any brand. The point is for everyone to have a win-win situation. The brands to make their profits, business, and the workers to have a living wage. How do you do that, though? By demanding your brands, your favorite brands, to make a difference, to make, to change the way they're doing business, to produce more ethically, to produce more sustainable, be more sustainable. I mean, extra 5% to whatever you're paying. Anyone would pay that. If Exactly. If you knew that it was definitely going Correct. to these people who Correct. were making these garments. But how do you start that? How do you start that conversation? How do you reach out to these brands? And, you know, is it through um, uh, fashion revolution? Is it through, like how, because the, the way, the only way that this would change is through uh, a critical mass. That's great. One person going into a store and complaining to the sales assistant who probably isn't being paid very much themselves. Who doesn't even know probably. Doesn't know what's going on. No, but nothing. That, no, it would make a difference. Every, one, every one, even one person would make a difference. Just go in and ask them the question. Tell them that you're concerned. One person goes in, then another, then another, and then the brand will say, "Oh, well, people are actually concerned about this. So let's look into that." Even the salespeople are going to be like, because I'm sure eighty um, percent of the salespeople don't know anything about where it comes from. They would actually look at the label and they would then repeat the same thing to you, uh, which you could see it yourself. But if you keep asking this question, even the salespeople, they will get trained. They'll be like, people are asking this question. Let me find out what it is. What's it all about? And this change will happen. Slowly but surely, like I said earlier, it's going to happen. You have to ask the question. It, like you mentioned, fashion revolution. We have a lot of initiatives that are going on where you, one of them is you wear your clothes inside out, showing the label, Snapchat, um, snap a picture and hashtag the label brand saying who made my clothes. Get this out there. Get the brands out in the limelight. Social media is a Social crucial part of it. It is. It is. It's, it's beautiful. I mean, of course, it's got a good and bad side. But What's the hashtag? Uh, who made my clothes? Who made my clothes? That's the, right. the number one question we should all be asking. Yes. Hashtag who, who made, made my, my clothes? clothes? Wear it inside out. Take a picture. Uh, all this information is available on the website. So, uh, like I also was mentioning in our break, Solutions. There are so many solutions to this. Uh, we at Fashion Revolution have resources which are free to be downloaded for students in school, for university students, for businesses, for brands, for workers mm. uh, at the back end. Everyone who can make a difference. And we all need to make a difference together. 
Mm-hmm. Not just one person. One person shouting out is not going to happen. We all need to be in hand, yeah. We're going to talk more next about uh, what can be done in schools and yep. universities as well because this is vital. Getting that you know, through the education system is important too because we've got future fashion designers coming through exactly. and future business executives and you know everybody else. They need to feel that and hear that. Uh, and we're going to talk more about that next with Aisha Sadiqa of Future Fashion on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. We are talking sustainable fashion with Aisha Sadika, who is part of Fashion Revolution here in the Middle East. You are, um, in fact, the, the Middle East coordinator, aren't you? Correct, the country coordinator. The country coordinator for uh, the Middle East, because this is a global movement that we are seeing right now. Um, everybody's getting on board. Everybody is part of it because, uh, as we've been saying, a lot of noise has been made uh, with uh, different documentaries uh, that talk about the plight of garment workers, of farmers who are... Uh, growing these textiles and uh, you know all sorts of things around fashion globally Uh, it's important for us to be aware it's important for us to raise our voices each one of us has a voice but Aisha so far where we are at this point right now Rana Plaza happened six years ago what's changed at Um, this point if you look at our um, our website and our uh, impact report um, in 2018 um Drastic changes happened. Uh, when people started asking the question, brands have started responding. Brands have started, started taking um, uh, initiatives to, to make a difference. How are they responding? They're responding. Why, uh, we are social media. They're actually letting you know when you say who made my clothes, brand X, and brand X is replying. Yes, um, we know where they came from. Um, uh, this is where they came from. Not everyone is uh, going into details. But like like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of uh, aspects before a T-shirt gets to you. There are a lot of hands it goes through. Um, the, the and, and most of the brands actually look at stage one, where it's the main suppliers. And then the suppliers have four or five different smaller suppliers underneath them, which is where the issue is mainly, because the big supplier has all his boxes checked and said, oh, yes, we are ISO certified. We are into, you know, sustainable and everything else. But then brands don't look into the other five that are under them who are not following the standards. So it's about that transparency and accountability. Exactly. How do we create more of that? Question again. Make a demand, ask the question, get the brands to be responsible, get them to create a sustainability report, a transparency report, and put that on the website. Let people be able to get access to that, like a a company here like Shalhoub Group does that. Um, Of course, uh, brands in, in the Middle East um, are, don't have, they cannot open their own um, outlets here. Everything has to go through a franchisee system. So it's a little difficult to control each brand's sustainability report. But the French, the group that is owning them or being or franchising them, they can create a sustainable report saying this is what we're trying to do. Mm. And these are the things that we have in place. Like Shalhoub actually has a criteria in place when they, when they look into franchising a brand. But these are the things that you cannot enforce but as a group, they're making making a difference. They've actually got something in place where they are looking into it. And 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 like Mr. Patrick Chaloub mentioned in the retail summit last week, that every department of theirs has a sustainability um, ambassador that knocks on to everyone's door every now and then and says, "What are we doing as in this department? What are we doing in this department?" So there's 
they're, they're you know getting everyone in every department of Shalhoub Group to work under towards sustainability in everything that they do, mm. so, which is great. MAF is coming up with the same thing. Splash has its own sustainable collection. Uh, of course, Splash is again a fast fashion brand, but that's the only one local fashion brand in you in Middle East or UAE that has a sustainable fashion clothing line. Where it comes from, everything is mentioned in there. So every, people I've are, seen it. There is actually there. They have dresses that are made of plastic bottles. Yeah, which is recycled plastic. Yeah, correct. So which is good. I mean, recycled polyester is much better than virgin polyester. So if people can produce out of that, people can mix fabrics, polyester, and silk. I mean, there's beautiful garments that come out of these. People still people have the stigma of oh, it's sustainable, ethical. It's probably going to be linen, jute, hippie style. Not fashion is not fashionable yeah. at all, and it's wrong, completely wrong. They have to go on um, and just just do a little research. There are many brands that sell sustainable, ethical fashion. Well, actually, you know the word sustainable, ethical. Um, I recently, uh, Orsla Di Castro, who's the co-founder of Fashion Revolution, mentioned what we do as Fashion Revolution. What we are promoting is fashion. Everything else is unethical and unsustainable. So we need to we need to say we fashion. Is what it should be. You can using the word ethical, sustainable. We should stop using that because people are getting confused. People are, you know, are not relating to ethics in fashion. They we feel need, like two sep- completely separate kind of concepts. Exactly. So we just need to say this is fashion, and everything else is unethical. Everything else that everybody else is doing is unethical and unsustainable. How did they start this? Rana Plaza. Fashion yeah. revolution started. So right after that, right after that, they so said we have to. We what have what to did do they it. say? What did they say? How did how did they think they could make a difference? Well, Carrie Summers and Ursula have their own brands. They have been uh, have running sustainable fashion brands for years. And um, like I mentioned in break, um, Carrie one day just said, after this accident, she was just sitting down and thinking, well, you know, it's it's happening again and again and again and again. All these accidents and no one is 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 doing anything about it. Um, the accident is in the news one day and then another political issue takes over and everybody forgets about it. Um, so she's like, you know what? We have to do something about it. So she calls up her friend, Ursula, and says, we got to make a change. Let's do something. Let's call it fashion revolution. Let's make a revolution. And that's how the baby started. So that's how it was born. And since then, they haven't stopped and no, neither have we. So we talked about the fact that we should be thinking about paying more for our clothes. Correct. Therefore... If you are buying a designer brand, mm-hmm. which costs a lot more, mm-hmm. are they? Is that more? Is that money automatically going towards, uh, you know, making sure that those workers are paid well, that they have good conditions, uh, that the farmers get their due? Is Not that, always. Not so, always. So no. how do we know when it is and when it isn't? Question. Check the label. Mm. Ask the question again. I mean, if you're paying six thousand pounds for a bag. I mean, it's £6,000. Ask the question. Find out if you genuinely want to buy that particular piece. Get the history of it. And they should be able to provide you that. You're mm. paying a lot of money for that. £6,000 for a bag is not a joke. So why don't you ask the question? And these brands have the money to pay their workers right. They can make a difference. The big, big brands. So it's important to realize that they're not always... No, they're not always. The designer brands are not always thinking about these questions. No, they're not. And, you know, using the money where it needs to go. No. Keep asking the question. That is the thing. Keep asking the question. Do research. Yeah. Yes. To that as well, at the same time, a lot of us can't afford the designer clothes. A lot of us cannot afford 
um, those mo more expensive brands, even though, I mean, it has to be said, if you are buying from um, uh, heritage brands such as Chanel, such as Dior, right. um, they are very proud of the artisanal heritage, the craftsmanship that comes with fashion and design and production and craftsmanship this is kind of front and center for them so actually you know it from from that angle that is kind of it is obviously a better choice wouldn't it be it, it would be uh again you need to find out like um, i'm not in um i can't say for chanel and dior in particular because i don't know the history as an of how example ethical they yeah, are yeah um uh, see like i said there that you like you mentioned it's their heritage the the the, the craftsmanship uh I, I i hope they're paying their craftsmen mm. the right uh wage um which they should for for charging your customer that much of money well i hope they are i'm not i'm not sure if they are or they're not but this is a question you can ask why don't you just ask them and they should be able to tell you that anybody in the store should be able to tell you that and just say i am actually concerned about the production and and who's making it and would you be able to tell me how it's made where is it made are your craftsmen in london or in new york or wherever uh, or do you get them made in bangladesh if you do are you paying them right wages Give them, ask them these questions. They're going to be astonished that you as a customer really wants to know all of these things. And this will make a difference. This will make them maybe create a sustainability report or maybe let you um, connect with the with the craftsmen directly um, uh, through, their in, through their online platform or something of that sort. Yeah, ask the questions. Uh, it really is the bottom line, isn't it? It is. Uh, when we come back, uh, Aisha, I want to ask you more about... Uh, the education, that's really important. What's happening in terms of education? And you guys uh, are working a lot with universities as well. Um, so we want to talk about that. Uh, but also for those of us who can't afford the more high-end brands sure. that are doing their bit, what can we do Sure. for those who, you know... <laughs> <laughs> can't pay for it no there are many options there are many options there are many options we're going to talk about that next on Life Beats on Pulse 95 this is Pulse 95 you're listening to the Life Beats podcast Life Beats Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95 95 sustainable fashion with Aisha Sadika. Aisha I wanted to ask you about um, what you guys are doing in terms of uh, talking to educational institutions and universities. Um, I'm actually somebody who studied fashion design, always wanted to become fashion designer and somehow ended up behind a microphone instead. Um, but I will never forget, it was interesting because uh, this was in Sydney, in Australia, who um, are kind of really big on this kind of thing in terms of sustainability. This was actually 20 years ago and I'll never forget walking into the first lecture and it was actually, it was the entire design department. So it wasn't just fashion design, it was product design, it was, um, you know, interior design, it was architecture, everybody, all the students were in there at this very first lecture. And my, uh, the, the head of fashion, in fact, um, started off by asking us um, how much the t-shirt that we are wearing costs. And we were all so excited, we were like, yeah, like mine's ten dollars, and like we were like, it, it was like a, a badge of honor to see who had the cheapest T-shirt, right? One one person would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've got five dollars, mine's five dollars, and so she stood there at the front of the class and went, "You have no idea how awful it is that your T-shirt cost you only that much," and so she went into this whole thing about. The, you know, the supply chain and fashion and how it's created. And for her, 
this was our introduction into fashion. This was the entire design department's introduction Brilliant. into fashion. And this was the first thing to have in mind before you've even started designing and selling and doing whatever it is. That's brilliant. You need to give so, me the lady's name. I, will. I need to connect with her for sure. Val, Val Horridge. Shout oh. out to Val Horridge if she's listening all the way Thank back you, in Val. Sydney. Thank yeah. you very much. Well, that's great. That's uh, This is also one of our, um, our, our um, goals is to get the universities and students from the young age uh, if in schools and university students graduating as fashion designers to keep that in mind when they are designing or thinking about creating anything. So Fashion Revolution has resources online uh, for schools, for brands, like I said earlier, for designers um, that they could uh, implement. Um, teachers can use that in their classrooms as they're like uh, prompt cards some quizzes and stuff like that so students could get um, get an idea of what the issue is and how we can how they can make a difference to start the conversation. Yes, exactly to start the conversation. And um, last year we started our first sustainable fashion runway in, in UAE, and uh, we had uh, five local university uh, fashion university students participate, and it was very exciting because the theme was upcycling, and they had to create the collections that were wearable and sellable. Um, as fashion designers coming out and making your own brand. And uh, we had uh, the opportunity, thanks to Shell Hoop Group, where Dolce & Gabbana and Tori Birch gave away internships. So the students, even that was another incentive for them to to go all out and they created beautiful collections. Um, the same thing is happening this year and we have beautiful um, collaborators this year, again, Shell Hoop, Math, Splash, NBC, all of them trying to support us. Um, inshallah, this will be also another successful year. This is not for profit. This is not for profit at all. No, it's important so, to say that that this okay, is this you is, know yeah. putting it out there as something that you know really is all about creating that awareness exactly and changing our planet for the better. We, yes, absolutely. Just I mean, many if you would have seen all the documentaries on environment change and climate climate change, you would know that we have used more than what we could use of the earth. Um, there is no plan B. There is no plan B for this. You have to make amendments now. You gotta, you gotta make a change now. Otherwise, there's nothing. I mean, nothing for the future. It's uh, incredible. You know, we really have to put it into perspective, as you said, because uh, this problem is huge. But every single one of us can make a difference. So I, I was asking you earlier. You know, for those of us who cannot afford high-end fashion, yeah. cannot afford, you know, um, th those that are, uh, you know obviously costing more paying more for that fashion um how do you make it so that it is accessible to everybody um, like i mentioned in the break there are many options um for customers mid-range um options of course it costs slightly more than what it would cost in a fast fashion mm. store because there is less demand for it the more you demand for it the more the increase of supply and the less that it's going to cost you like a fast fashion store so let's make fast fashion I don't know if we can make it slow, but let's make, if we can make fast fashion ethical, let's let the ethics, ethical and sustainable fashion be a norm. People shouldn't be going to store and checking out or even asking the question. That should be the future. But people go into a store and buy clothes off the rack and they know it has been sustain made sustainably. And then they come out feeling happy, feeling good, looking good, doing good. Should governments be doing more because it's yes. it's exhausting, you know, for yes, we can all do something. And every time we go in to buy something, we uh, can be asking those questions. But should there not be, um, you know, more uh, bodies who are looking at this from a regional perspective, from a global perspective? 
to see that there is a minimum wage that is being given to garment workers, to see that there are ethical practices, uh, that profit is going to where it should be, that prices are not undercut constantly. Yeah. Well, there are bodies who are doing that, and the UN, um, uh, the Global Impact, there, mm. there are rules and regulations out there. Um, but it also, again, goes down to the countries where it's been made. For example, Bangladesh, um, they had the, they had implemented these rules for a couple of years since Rana Plaza and since we made this noise, and then all of a sudden they pulled back because they were not getting enough production requests in the country. And then the government then says, "Oh, we will handle it ourselves. We don't need external help." to to audit all our all factories. So there you see that what happened there. Well, they got pressurized. And again, modern day slavery, um, because they couldn't survive, they were like, we, 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 we will try and, you know, somehow manage to keep it sustainable, but we cannot say that, okay, we're going to not sign an agreement that we will for, always do it. It's They should have been stronger as a government, but then if you forced them their livelihood to you know not give them any projects what would one person do if you if you do that i mean that's that's wrong first mm. of all it's wrong for companies to demand such a low price um and secondly the government should have stood there and said no you know what our people are important and we will keep up to our agreement so yeah again government bodies are, are definitely crucial uh to put a pla- put a standard or an um uh uh, rules in place and also there are a lot of certifications that that customers can look into when they go and buy stuff um, for example fair wear foundation that looks into human rights we have GOTS that looks into the standard of uh, or, or the standard of, of the product and the stages of the production we have created cradle which looks at the organic health of a garment and recyclability we have eco cred which is an organic agricultural practices that looks into that so there isn't one single stamp for an ethical and sustainable brand. There are many aspects, for example, like you said, from the cotton that is grown to where this fabric is made and to how it gets to the the, the workers and from the workers, because not one person does the whole t-shirt, the whole shirt. One sews, exactly. one puts the buttons, one puts the collar. So, and different factories do different uh, pieces of that shirt. So that all needs to be looked into. And there are auditors who do that. And not all the brands, there's another question that was asked to me last time is uh, when a brand has to launch itself and saying we're ethical and sustainable. Not everyone can afford these certifications because they cost you. Um, so one as a customer who is conscious needs to look into that and, and understand the story before you buy. So you, just because they don't have a certificate doesn't mean they're unethical or unsustainable. Look into the story. If they're local brands, they may, like for example made in UAE, find out about it. It's in UAE. It's not harm going and checking about it. You can find out more about it. Um, if you go see the factory, if you think it's for you, if you feel it's ethical, go ahead and buy it. But you don't don't just judge them on their certifications. Judge them on their on their on their culture, the the company culture. Judge them on their stories. See how how true they are. Sometimes you might make mistakes and buy it because, like I said, greenwashing. People just say they're doing it, but you need to find out more about it. Yeah, That's so much that we can do. Yeah, so many questions we can ask <laughs> yes, and be part of this as well. Um, and uh, you've got uh, fashion revolution coming up as well in April. That's correct. And uh, there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more to come. Every year we do this event all around the world um, between 22nd and 28th of, uh, of April. Um, and yeah, yeah, and, and, and we'll do more uh, throughout the year in individual universities and schools and anyone who wants to have us, we are ready to hear speak to you. It's a global movement. Be part of it. Uh, it's amazing. Thank you so much, Aisha Sadiqa, for being with us here in the studio, enlightening us about 
what we should be asking when we are buying our clothing. Exactly. Thank you for the opportunity and assalamu uh, alaikum. Thank you so much. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.